Cleveland Browns are back at practice on Thursday and are continuing preparation for their Christmas Eve battle with the Houston Texans. To give us some insight on that game, we're going to hear from three players and three coaches today on from the podium. Coordinators were up first today. They spoke before practice began, and special teams coordinator Bubba Ventrone was the first to go. He talked about how important punter Corey Bohorquez has been to this team and what he sees when he watches the special teams unit for the Texans. Uh, the Texans special teams, what are you worried about this week? So they have a, a good returner that they've played and elevated the last handful of weeks, uh, Sims. I anticipate him being brought up to the roster by the end of the week for sure. So got to do a good job playing leverage versus them. Very familiar with the, the coordinator. He was my assistant for three years in Indy, my first three years there. So they do a lot of the same things we do, a lot of the similar schemes, protection. So very familiar with this team and their personnel. Bob, I know we talk all the time about when there's injuries, how it trickles down to you guys. Um, but I'm just kind of curious. Um, like, say on your punt team, how many guys do you think were out there that maybe weren't, weren't normal guys? You know, like Duran was out there, right, is, I think, a protector who hasn't done it all year. So, like, how many new guys do you think you had out there last week? On the punt, we repped a, a handful of new guys. And when you're, when you're doing that, you're, you're training those players leading up to it. So the, it goes back to off-season program, Right? You're trying to get guys as many reps as possible in different spots for these moments. So you're trying to train guys throughout the process of you know training camp and into the season. And even on like the red teams and look teams that we have, you want to get guys as many reps as possible for when the, those opportunities arise and they have to now step into the game that they feel confident in their abilities to protect and play in those spots. So you know guys like Harrison Bryant has played in a number of different positions for us on that unit. Um, so those guys, credit to those guys for being able to be inserted, you know, at any time possible. Duran has done some things in the past. He actually was a backup PP for me in, in New England, and he did it in Atlanta. So it was an easy choice for him to play in that spot next week or uh, this past week. So but how much pride do you take when you have like a core special teamer like the Anthony and you see him get an opportunity to play on defense and play as well as he did? How much pride do you take in seeing a guy like that get that chance and thrive? I, I take a lot of pride in that. Developing young players and seeing them ascend and uh, having greater roles on offense and defense. I mean, really, if you look at the core group that I coached in, in Indianapolis, all those guys have elevated their play and have found ways to make, you know, significant contributions offensively and defensively. Um, and then DeAnthony has the opportunity with our safety situation to have more, more opportunities defensively and Played a great game last week on defense for us. So, you know, hopefully, um, hopefully we can continue to develop those those guys and bring them along while they're still giving me contributions as well. What is it about him specifically that allows him to kind of be ready to step in and play like that? I think he just has a, a knack a knack for the ball. I do. I think that whenever he can process quickly and and just play football, I think he does a really good job. He's just got pretty good instincts. Seems like we talk about Dustin more than we talk about Corey, but can you just talk about the, the contribution that Corey makes week after week and just how amazing he's been? He makes it he makes it difficult on returners for sure. You saw this past week, you know, had, we had, had had two muffs. The, uh, we end up getting one of them, which is which was great. It's hard to it's hard to catch a lefty like him. He can he can definitely put the ball out there. He can also get it up. Um, elevate the ball pretty well and he's really been a great player for us right now and he continues to improve and understands how we want him how we want him to play the game and he's he's improving in his plus 50 ball as well so really excited about how he's come along and gave our our unit and our team you know I would say an advantage to be able to control the field Coaching your team, obviously, but do you think the wind is why the Bears didn't try the 54-yarder at the end of the half? Yeah, definitely. I mean, di different than in past weeks since I've been here, the wind has really gone the other way. It's really usually coming out of the dog pound. Um, but it was it was coming at us, coming from the tunnel, and we knew that the distance going that way was going to be a much harder kick. So, 
credit to our defense, obviously, for keeping them out of that out of that range to be able to attempt that kick. Um, I was actually hoping that they were going to attempt it, so, but they didn't. Um, across the league, I think there's six punt return touchdowns, only one true kickoff return touchdown all year. Is, is that is the rule changes? Do you emphasize it that much, or coverage teams that good? What do you think that is? No, I think that there's. I mean, the the return rate has definitely gone down. Um, I think, and I don't necessarily think it's the fair catch that's really brought the return rate down. I think it's more teams aren't bringing the ball out of the end zone um, for whatever reason. I think some teams are just content to to get the ball at the 25-yard line. Um, but I think that once I think once the year is over, some something will happen with that with the kickoff play. Something will be adapted, or they'll adopt a new type of rule or whatever you want to call it. But like I said, I'm I'm content with how the rule is. Like if you want to return the ball, great. If you don't, great. But I think being able to start the game and ever after every score have a kick, have a kickoff is definitely something that I would definitely. Obviously, I'm a special teams coordinator, but I'm all for that. I don't like changing the game and making it like a gimmicky play or, you know, the kickoff is an exciting play. If you take that away, it just, you know, I don't know. Well, um, kicking at, at, at down at the lakefront has been a problem for a lot of guys over the last decade since Phil Dawson, um, whether it's, you know, this time of year especially, but just all season long because of the wins and stuff. Just what's been Dustin's approach that's allowed him to sort of buck that trend and, and have so much success uh, at the stadium? I've said it a bunch. I think that his process throughout the week, understanding how he approaches each week, communication with me and, and the specialists has just been phenomenal. Uh, I know that we had talked a lot about earlier in the year about trying to, you know, I know you guys had asked about get, going down and like, like him getting comfortable in the stadium and brought it up a, a few of a couple weeks ago and talked through, you know, it changes so much down there that it's, it's hard to go down on like a Thursday because whatever you get on Thursday is going to be completely different than you get on Sunday. So those guys have been content about just, okay, whatever we get that day, we'll attack it, make the adjustments. Like this past week, the wind was way different than we've seen at any point in this season. So like going toward the tunnel was way different than we've had the first, you know, 15 weeks of the year. How have you seen the relationship between Dustin, Corey, and Charlie develop? And, and what about that relationship helps them find success together as a group? No, I think, I mean, they get along extremely well. They've all been in the league for a number of years. So I think that just having the respect for each other, uh, they. They just have they just have good chemistry. They really do. They all connect well, and it's been it's been great for that operation. They're 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 easy guys to coach. They don't really push back to me at all with anything. So if I have a recommendation or a suggestion, they they, they take it and they apply it. And if they disagree, then they'll express their feelings. But I feel like we've had really good communication with that group, and all those guys work extremely hard and are, are true, true, true professionals, all three of them. With the, win the way, with the win the way it was the other night or the other day, was it an easy decision when you and Kevin are talking about deferring and taking the ball so you had the win behind you in the fourth quarter? Kevin and I had talked about it pregame, um, and I thought that he made a really good decision to, to take the ball. I thought that that was the best thing. We wanted it. We wanted to have the win in the fourth quarter, and I think that he did a good job by taking the ball there. Yeah. Well, I know you talked about Dustin last week, but it's five points from catching Jim Brown for the all-time, you know, scoring in one season. Can you just talk about that a little bit? No, like I said, I, he's been a he's been a great player for us. The execution has been at a high level, and fortunately, he's made a lot of his kicks. And like I said before, I think he's done a tremendous job for our team and the confidence he has in our coaching staff, the head coach, GM owners, you know, he's he's earned every every bit of credit he deserves and I think he should, you know, he should really be in my mind, you know, get every accolade you could get. I think he's he's done a really good job and he's earned it. So he's been great for us. You gonna take you to the Pro Bowl? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I hope not. <laughs> I hope not. And you know, yeah, I hope not. I really do.
MVP of this team. MVP of this team? Jeez. I mean, I probably shouldn't even say, like, answer that question, but I'll, I'll answer it for you. I mean, obviously, I, I'll say Dustin aside, I would say 95. I mean, he's just ridiculous. I've never seen a player – I've been in the league since 2005. I've never been around a football player like that guy. It's unbelievable. And I think when you see him, when you actually get to see him in person, it just looks way different. And to me, he's hands down. It's not even a question. Like, he's hands down the best football player in the league. Like, to me, like defensively, he's, he's hands down the best. There's no one that's even remotely close to him, in my opinion. South Dakota State years ago. He forgot the jersey, so I had to wear I had to wear a Jack Rabbit sweatshirt. But I will support I will support Pierre in the in the final. I think the finals the Sunday before the national championship game. So I wish they would play that this week. It'd be or it'd be so much better to just get it done. But they don't want to do it. I guess with the bowl games and stuff. Yeah, so they should really get that game. Whoever's in charge of scheduling that, I would recommend you move it to this week. But I love 1AA football. The playoffs are exciting. And congrats to the uh, – I, I messed with Pierre and called them the Little Jackrabbits, you know. But uh, congrats to the Jackrabbits there, yeah. What's been the best jersey in those practices all year? The best jersey? Anthony Walker has a plethora of jerseys. So he comes every week with something different. So he, he really keeps us – you know, on our toes, I guess. They're, they're and disappointing to say this, but there has not been a lot of uh, other guys that have followed suit. It's really me and Walk to wear the jerseys on Fridays. So, Offensive coordinator Alex Van Pelt talked next. He talked about how good David Njoku has been this year and the confidence he had in Joe Flacco despite the interceptions. Fourth quarter last week, huh? Yeah. You know, um, again, this team's just resilient. You know, it's uh, made it a little harder than we needed to, but... You know, I love the fight in this team for sure. The reasons though, for the offense going forward and just for him in general, what did it, how happy were you for Marquise? Oh, it's huge. You know, he's battled through some things early, obviously in the off season, um, you know, coming back and then the, dealing with the concussion midseason. It's great to see him have productivity down the field. If he does that, can that open up things for other guys? Absolutely, absolutely. And that's, uh, you know, uh, the, the play was designed to go to Coop, and they doubled Coop, so his speed allowed him to get behind the defense, and that was a huge play in the game. When you have a, a veteran like Joe, um, did you even know that when he was throwing the picks that, you know, he's just the kind of guy that was going to be able to dial it back in and lock back in and, and get the job? Yeah, done? I mean, if that's a, a younger player, I mean, you start to get a little frazzled. But, you know, the older you get and you've thrown a bunch of interceptions in your time, uh, you just got to keep fighting. You know, I go back to the guys like Marino. Like, you, you got to keep swinging. So, you know, some of those were unfortunate. Again, um, you know, the first one what was said was just a misread on the coverage. So that's that's not on him. The second one was a bang bang play where the ball pops up. You know that's a tough one. So the third one was the one he's probably most disappointed about. We had a chance there for a touchdown to Dave, and I think he just underthrew it a little, and he knows that. But uh, the veterans, you, you know, you just keep playing. Short memory. Joe downplayed the 51 yard touchdown to Amari, but when's the last time you saw a quarterback thread it like that between three defenders? Yeah, that's what he can do. You know, and that's a that's a tough coverage to beat in that scheme for us. Um, there's a cover two corner on the backside that almost got underneath of that. Uh, you know, in the quarterback room, we've always referred to that as the steak dinner throw. So if you throw an interception to that corner, you owe the whole room a steak dinner at the marble room. So I'm glad it didn't happen uh, for us, but that's a tough coverage, and his arm strength got that ball there. You talk about David and Jeff, I mean, he's really stepped up big the last two weeks. It's huge. Uh, so happy for Dave because there's a guy that, that deserves it. He works hard. Um, he's battling through injury all, all the time, you know, to, to get there. Um, again, one of the greatest teammates on our team um, for everything he does and one of the most productive guys. I, I don't know if there's another tight end in the league I'd rather have than David. Is it almost full circle for him to, to see him progress from a guy that embraces his role as a blocker and then now to be able to get those touchdown passes, to be able to get those deep balls from Joe? So, again, couldn't be more, more happy for Dave. Um, you know, when we first got here, it wasn't always smooth sailing. And, you know, and he's really bought in, and, and it shows. And Kevin's got a great trust and belief in him as well. And it's great to see that, that, that he's thriving right now. I'm really happy. 
many toy pickup trucks has he gotten so far this year? Where do you get these toy trucks, and maybe you can bring them in sometimes? I can bring a truck in, sure. Um, you know, the, the toy trucks, I don't know, probably Toys R Us would be my guess. They're, they're nice big trucks. Dave's probably had five or six on the season so far. Uh, he won one last week as well as did Harry. So our tight end group uh, had a ton of pickups. And that's, that's, that's what we, you know, we're all about that. When we play connected as a unit, as a team, and we play for each other, we generally have good days. Where did that idea come from? I guess, how, how long have you been doing that? Um, as a quarterback, when I played, I always tried to be the first one to help guys up off the field. That's just something I always believed in. Um, you know, the, the tighter the group, um, the, the more success you have. And that's just something that, that I've always done. Um, and these guys have, have all bought in across the board as a team, and it's awesome to see. You hate to see a guy lay there and then guys walk away, and that's we, we don't want to put that on film. Alex, you've seen them all for 30 years. What makes Miles Garrett different than, than those pass rushers? Oh, man, he's a generational pass rusher. I mean, his, his strength, his power, his quickness, um, he's, he's special. I mean, I don't know if we blocked him out there on the edge when we do compete periods yet. So, I mean, he's, a, he's dynamic, and, and I'm glad he's on our team. We don't have to, to block him in a game. Alex, what are some of the nuances just about the way you guys teach and then run the play-action game? Because even on a day like Sunday where, that, where the run game wasn't really working for you, that was still such a weapon for you guys offensively. Yeah, I mean, we, we take pride in our ability to, to ball handle and fake. Um, as well with our line and our backs, and our quarterback is really good at it. Uh, the, you know, it's a, a point of emphasis for us is to make our play actions look like real runs. Um, you know, really until a team tries to stop your run with the middle field open, uh, that takes away some of those play actions. But they, they continue to close the middle of the field and give us opportunities in the play action game, which was good. Alex, um, how tough was it to see Joel, you know, have the back early, you know, pregame and then not be able to finish it? Yeah, it was tough. I mean, you lose a leader uh, in all of your offense, a great player, pro bowler. It's tough. Um, backs are tricky, you know, and his just slipped out, and that, that was it. Appreciate him trying to battle to get through that. But, uh, you know, at some point, obviously, he had to tap out. Uh, and what a great job by Dunny. Uh, again, Dunny just steps in and, and, and does his job, uh, you know, to the best of his effort. Um, last week, he, you know, won a game ball because of it. So really proud of him. But hopefully, you know, as we move forward, we can get, get our guys healthy and get them back in. We'll see. You know, obviously, you guys didn't run the ball like you wanted to. Right. Um, how much of that is having four guys that aren't usually out there? That's pretty big. Yeah, it's big. But it's no excuse. We've got to find a way to be productive in the run game, regardless of who's on the field. As you guys have dealt with the struggles in the run game, though, what has just impressed you about the passing game? And I know, obviously, part of that's Joe, but your wide receivers and the way that They've been able to have success in It's been great. I mean, everybody has stepped up across the board. I think we had eight or nine different completions of different players again last week. So the balls are getting spread around the field. We're using everybody, and that's uh, that just that, that makes the defense play the whole field. Joe, so, um, is he moving maybe even a little bit better than you thought he would in the keeper game? And then also, he was limited or would have been limited yesterday mm. with the calf injury. Is he totally fine? And how might that impact the keeper game? Yeah, no, I mean, he's been moving. That probably better than I expected. We had some huge three big plays on a scramble drill during the game, including the touchdown to Dave. Um, his calf, you know, he tweaked it a little bit, but I don't see that as, as being an issue. So, uh, yeah, but, man, he's, he's made some great plays uh, moving out of the pocket, and he's also made some great plays buying time in the pocket versus pressure. Uh, the big one to Dave late in the game was that. Changed how how you guys are calling anything, knowing that he is moving better than expected? Yeah, I think it opens up some more things to us for sure. Going back to David, when you mentioned it wasn't always smooth sailing early, it doesn't always work out like this for guys in situations like that. So I guess what is it about him that allowed him to sort of overcome that stuff and, and sort of turn things around? Uh, the person. You know, I think the person he is, he's prideful. He wants to be successful. And a lot of times when guys get frustrated early, it's because they're not having the success that they, they, they feel like they need to have. And, and Dave, you know, he worked through that. Um, and then he became an, an unbelievable blocker, like took his game to the next level in the blocking. And just stayed the course and worked and worked and worked and you know and, and again I can't be more proud of anybody on this team than I am of Dave, um, you know just for his energy, his work ethic, um, and his ability just to, to, to the resiliency to just to keep going. And uh, great player, man. I'm glad he's on our team. When you look at that Houston defense, where does it start for you? Up front. Yeah, that's a really good front. Um, you know, across the board, uh, the front, the front four. Um, they rotate in, but they're they're really good up front. So that's that's where I think the what drives that defense is the front. And then I know we talk about Amari all the time, but 
close to becoming, I think, the first bronze receiver to go 1,000 yards back-to-back in seasons. Um, what is it about his about him that allows him to be as consistent as he is? Um, I mean, he's a pro. I think that's the biggest thing. He's a dynamic route runner. He can he can uh, he can create space. He can break leverage, uh, which is another one. Teams, you know, they try to play true to their leverage. We has a tendency to be able to break that through his explosiveness of route running. Jim Schwartz was the final coordinator to speak today. He talked about what the lesson is on the Bears' almost hail mary to end the game, and gave a great comparison for Miles Garrett and how good he's been this season. This week, uh, Kevin said that Miles should be the defensive player of the year this year. Do you agree? Of course, um, you know I. I think I might have said may have said this before, but in my mind, the uh, definition of a great defense or a great player is when an opponent starts their game plan with um, we're we're going to take care of this guy, right? Like we're not going to let this guy beat us, and he's still able to be effective, and he's still able to. Um, you know, to play at a high level. So there, there are a lot of guys that can make plays when they don't see attention and things like that. But, you know, in my career, I've, I've really seen it from three players. I've seen it from Miles. I've seen it from Calvin Johnson. And um, I was a young quality control coach, but it was only the first three years of his career. But I saw it from Ray Lewis also. Guys that every week the opponent said, this guy's not going to beat us. And every week that – that, that player still made plays. So, you know, Miles fits in that category, um, affects the game, helps other people make plays. Um, you know, I, you, you could uh, – we, we could have a two-hour press conference of um, the ways that he affects the game. I think Kevin alluded to that, that last year as we had just tied the game up. We go out, the very first play they try to get a crack toss to Miles' side. and. He gets a tackle for, I think, a six-yard loss, which really won that series for us. Second and 16 is tough for any offense. Um, you know, and maybe if that was a you know, drop-back pass and he got a sack, um, there would have been you know, a lot of tension. Miles' sack sort of wins the game or, or sets the, the Browns up for the win. Um, but it, because it was a tackle on a run play, you know, I think maybe it sort of gets lost in the shuffle a little bit. But those plays continue to affect the, or continue to help our team. And um, we're really glad to have him here. And, and like I said, every every opponent, when I, when I was in Detroit with Calvin, it didn't matter what people did the week before. It didn't matter what they, you know, how they covered. It was like, okay, they're going to have a Calvin plan. Miles is the same way, you know, like – we, we sit around a lot of times, okay, what do they do on protection on third down and how do they do this? And it's like, well, it really doesn't matter what we saw on tape. We're going to get a different plan for um, for Calvin. I think, you know, in some ways we also saw that recently from Aaron Donald. And I've been on teams that, you know, the offensive coaches say, like, hey, our number one goal is to keep him from making plays, still make plays. So, We just talked to uh, Bubba Ventron. He said that uh, Miles is the best player Yeah, of course. I mean, I'm a little bit biased because I'm here, but you know, again, for all those reasons that um, you know that we just said, um, you know, it's it's really a pleasure watching watching him play and watching him affect games. And I mean, say what say whatever you want about sack numbers and everything else. Um, you know, we're, we're the we're the best third down defense in the league by a pretty good chunk, I think. Um, and he has everything to do with that. Our corners, all three, um, are really, really high in their coverage percentages. Every single one of them can can attribute some of that to uh, to Miles Garrett. Jim, um, we know what the Texans lose with C.J. Stroud out. It's arm talent. What do they gain with Keenum? Well, I'd, I'd like to say this about C.J. Stroud. First, I've been very, very impressed with him as a rookie player. He doesn't look like a rookie out there. And, you know, you see some young players, it takes them a couple years to, to get really good command of where to go with the ball and the game sort of slows down for him. All those things that we talk about, um, you know, from early in the season, he had that. So he was playing at a really high level. Um Certainly wish him best for his career. Concussions aren't something to um, you know mess around with. Um, if he's able to, to to play, we'll be ready for him. 
Um, but, you know, he made accurate throws. He used his legs, um, had great command of what they were doing offensively, recognized coverages, recognized blitzes, all that. You know, they're, they're top five in passing yards and the least amount of turnovers in the league. Sometimes that doesn't go hand in hand. Sometimes you ring up the, um, the scoreboard a little bit with a lot of pass plays, but you're also throwing interceptions, and that kid hadn't done that. Um, Case Keenum has been around for a long time, has uh, all the experience in the league. Obviously, he was here. He led the Vikings to an NFC championship game. Um, I was in Philly when, uh, when we played him. Um, you know, a, a true vet that has seen everything, um, very accurate passer. He does it a little bit different than C.J. Stroud, but, um, you know, led him to a win last week. And, um, you know, when, when it's all said and done, um, head coaches and quarterbacks are judged on wins. And, um, you know, Case Keenum's a winner. So we're going to have to play our very best against him. Our guys know him a little bit. Um, some of his strengths and his weaknesses. So again, whatever the Texans do at quarterback, um, you know, we're prepared. We're prepared not just for for them, but for Davis Mills also. Jim, what are you thinking on well, and during that Hail Mary? And what are the coaching points about if you would want you guys to do anything different there? Yeah, you know, actually, the the play before we were poor on. Um, well, first of all, they, they should never even get in position for a Hail Mary when it's thirty seconds. Like, you know, we we. Or probably our worst play. Our worst play of the game was gave up that uh, chunk when they were on their 25, and it put them in position to take shots. And um, you know, we we just assumed the guy was going to run out of bounds, and that's that's a bad um, that's a bad business to be in. But the play before we were really protecting the sideline and the end zone, and um, you know they didn't make the play, but we could have played that a lot different and could have uh, put ourselves in better position there. We have some tools in our toolbox to be able to handle it. You know, anytime they're throwing at the end zone, there's so much of randomness that goes into it, right? You know, we talk about, you know, guys getting up and driving the ball down, getting the ball on the ground. And we talk about guys putting bodies on guys and boxing out. Um, you know, and I, I, I thought we, we had good bodies on guys and our jumpers did get the ball down. So happened to go to a guy that was laying on the ground, you know, and in all your coaching points, you know, like, you know, as you're covering a lot of things, guys going for the back tip, guys for the front tip, who's going up, who's going down. I don't think the coaching point is ever included when a guy's laying on the ground, um, you know. So, you know, and, and he had been going up and Greg was, Greg was on him and, and sort of, bodied them out. That that just goes to show you in those situations, anything can happen. And I think the the coaching point and the lesson learned in that with our guys is don't don't get them in that position. You know, if we play better, you know, better sort of fence defense, um, you know, uh, earlier on, you know, they're they're doing razzle dazzle, you know, throwback and, you know, that kind of stuff as opposed to taking shots at our end zone. Um, we, we did put ourselves, like, when they did get there, all of a sudden now we were pretend, protecting field goal, too. We had a couple good snaps to keep them out of field goal range. But we got to um, we gotta do better to keep them from getting in position where randomness can cost you the game. And it almost did in that case. Minor point, but why wasn't JOK on the field for that play when it was on the first half Hail Mary? Yeah, the first half, uh, the first half Hail Mary was different personnel group, and it was more just a zone get back. The last play of the game, we were in a different personnel package, um, a dime package. But, you know, I would say this about JOK. We're, he's, he's getting more and more involved in all our packages. His step as a young player was sort of mastering his own position first. And, you know, he had a little bit of ups and downs, but he was making good progress. He's played at a really high level the last, um, the last month or so. And um, we've made a big point to try to get him more on those things. It it's, puts more on his plate, having to do techniques that he hasn't done before, lead the huddle, um, do those kind of things that he hasn't done before. But, um, you know, Sione did a good job on that play. Sione did exactly what he was supposed to do. And, you know, that's generally been Anthony Walker's position, you know. Um, and then, you know, a, a short week, well, not a short week, but when AWOL couldn't play before the game, it's probably a little bit too late to get Jeremiah in that role. But you're going to see Jeremiah in some of those third down roles, 
it's it's time for him not to leave the field for us. You know what I mean? And um, you know, it's gonna it's gonna be a little bit more ask of him. And um, but he's up for it, and um, you know, he's he's an impact player for us. And I've been really proud of the progress that he's made. What's the messaging to the defense when you're going on the road, trying to turn that record around and get right so you can get those wins in the tough road environments? Yeah, um, I think that, you know, you start off your game plan every week with the players and the schemes and those things. And as the week goes on, um, you know, it needs to, after you get past that point, it needs to go into more of the, you know, us against the world kind of mentality. You're going into a hostile environment and embracing that. And, um, you know, that's that's another step that we need to take um, as a team and as a defense is, um, you know, is winning on the road. You know, it's hard, you know, when you get December and you get January and games mean a lot, winning on the road means an awful lot. And we haven't always played our best um, on the road, and we've learned some lessons, and hopefully that will uh, pay off for us now as we mature and we sort of, you know, learn learn how to deal with it and what's at stake. You know, we get a lot of energy from our home crowd, right? Every single one of our guys will talk about that, right? You know, and it's, you know, how much the dog pound and everything else sort of helps us to have the things that we value, right? The effort and the, and the, and the personality and the swag and, you know, the physical toughness, all those things. We feed off of our crowd, but we got to manufacture it a little bit more on the road. And the best way to manufacture it is to sort of create that us against the world, um, you know, going into the lion's den kind of thing. That'll be a, it'll be a, it'll be a great environment. You know, Houston's battling for the, d the division lead. Um, you know, we're all, you know, we're all playing important games in December. So we look forward to that challenge. And when we've talked to the players about surviving the ups and downs of the season, culture is a word that comes up. So what's the importance of that? And what does that word mean to you? Yeah, I think I, I quoted um, Mike Vrabel before, and Vrabes had a really good way of saying culture, and I, I can't remember exactly the way it was, but it was culture is defined by how you are when things are the worst. I, I think I don't, I don't want to step on step on him, but, um, you know, like it, it's easy for culture to be good when things are going well, right? I mean, it's sort of the definition of being a front runner. Right. You know, hey, when things are going great, everybody can be, you know, first guy in the meeting. Everybody can be unselfish. Everybody, you know, like all those things are easy to do when you're winning. When you experience some injuries or you experience a couple losses in a row or any of those things, when you don't have good culture, all of a sudden you start seeing guys that become maybe a little bit selfish or guys start dropping off or um, you know, you start you start getting all those things. We haven't seen that from this team. This team has been resilient. Um, you know, particularly recently, we we've had to deal with a lot of injury situations. You've seen unselfishness from from players. Um, you know, so you know, with with that in in and, and it's not like things are bad. I say when when it, when when you're at your worst or when things are the worst, how you are is is how culture is defined. But I'd probably just shift that a little bit. Your culture is defined by, um, you know, how you act when things are most challenging. And we've, you know, we've had some challenging times, um, you know, all season as a team. Um, you know, and, and when it's all said and done, you rely on your culture as opposed to, you know, whatever, a certain play call or, you know, certain personnel package or anything else. Um, and you know that's one of the things we've been we've been preaching here probably since you know almost a year ago when I sat up here and said the things that we value and and what we're going to try to emphasize, you know and you know schemes are transient you know they come and go and you know all those different things but you know I, I found with our guys when you bring things to their attention when you when you ask something from them they've responded really well. And um, I think, you know, that's that's a good definition of, you know, or that's a good indicator of how our culture has carried us this year. Uh, yeah, time for one more. Miles Garrett was hoping that his post-game venting about the officiating might have sort of the desired effect the following game and perhaps a hold would get called. It didn't work out that way. Um, what are your thoughts on that? And what can you guys, what can he do to, you know, to beat this sort of thing? 
Yeah, he just he just keeps going out and doing what he does, which is play hard and be relentless and not get discouraged. And um, you know, I think it was a couple weeks ago we were playing Jacksonville. Those last couple series, I don't know if I've ever seen him rush as well. And that was, you know, he was, you know, wasn't getting the benefit of calls, but it wasn't affecting his next snap. He just kept on going. And um, you know, I think in in any of those things, you know, we're 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 trying to we're trying to concentrate on ourselves. We play. We let the officials officiate. And um, you know, I mean, hopefully, you know, they they can see some of those things, and you know, they can help him. My biggest concern with Miles isn't necessarily the the you know getting the flags, which you know put him back ten yards or any of that stuff. You know, that guy that guy is so unusual when you rush the passer you you your body gets in some in some tough positions right you get that torque you get that lean and those things and we protect ball carriers and a lot of things with like horse collars and face masks and you know different things like that to, to try to keep them from getting injured but you're very vulnerable as a pass rusher a lot of times and some things that don't look like much can um you know, can be can be tough situations, can be dangerous situations for defensive players, and that's that, that's probably my biggest concern is his his physical health when things like that happen. You know, I make bad calls in the game. Players make bad plays. Official officials, I'm sure they're they're not happy 100 percent with the way the games play out. But you know, with an eye toward player safety and things like that, when when guys when guys get yanked or or torqued or turned you know we you can see some of those you know those muscle injuries or those skeletal injuries come to the forefront and um you know i know our, our officials have player safety in mind and things like that but i think a lot of times we think about ball carriers when we think about player safety right in defenseless players and some of those kind of hits but you know, being a defensive coach, you know, those pass rushers are vulnerable an awful lot. And, um, you know, I think that, that they deserve the same kind of protection that some of the offensive players get. The players were up next. They talked after practice, and wide receiver Amari Cooper was up first. He talked about how the team is feeling about the chance to make the playoffs and what he saw on that big touchdown pass he caught from Joe Flacco. So on, on second and third watch, the, that, that throw that Joe made to you on that touchdown, how much more amazing does it look when you kind of see it, you know, from the all-22 angle and just, you know, after, after the fact? Yeah, just him threatening the needle, just him trusting in the throw, uh, trusting in me to be where I was supposed to be, even though it seemed like uh, to the, I guess you would say, untrained eye, like it was a bad decision, but it really, but obviously it wasn't. Um, you know, he had enough faith uh, and trust in his arm and you know what we practice to understand that you know it would be a successful play and I and I would um, be where I was supposed to be. So it, it looked truly amazing uh, on film uh, as well as you know in person. Amari, how's your how's your connection been with Joe over these three games? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, every quarterback is a little bit different uh, in terms of you know their timing and everything like that. Um, so I would say with each week, I'm learning them more picking up on his time and how he likes to throw certain routes. Um, so I would say we're growing for sure. Yeah, I mean, um, just their defense as a whole, you know, they're pretty sound. You know, they have a good D-line. Um, they have good DBs. Um, and they play hard. Um, you know, they're playing good football right now. Um, so definitely it will present a challenge to us, but as long as we stay ahead of the chains, as long as we uh, execute, um, we'll be fine. Mario, how have you seen David and Joe grow since you've been here? Um, I mean, David has always been the same. You know, he, um, I mean, he's, he's, the, he's the kind of teammate that binds everybody together, I would say. Um, in terms of his ability, you know, he's always been a, a, a you know, a fast, player, especially in terms of him being a tight end. So it's always uh, been a mismatch for guys guarding him uh, in that respect. But also, you know, other than his speed, you know, he has good hands, good understanding of the game. And one thing about David is, uh, you know, he, he, he's forever learning.
you know, getting better at the things that he feel like he needs to get better at. Um, so that's, I would say that's what's uh, most impressive about him is um, his his willingness to learn year in and year out. I mean, you just mentioned he's the kind of teammate that binds people together. We've heard people talk about how good of a teammate he is. What is it that he brings as a teammate, I guess? Together, is there anything specific? Um, I, I would say his energy, you know, it's hard to explain. I, I guess the best way I would explain it is uh, we're here together every day. Some days are good days for an individual, some days are not. I think he can kind of pick up and sense, you know, when a guy is down, a guy may be going through something, and he has that ability to uplift that guy um, and, and talk to him uh, when they need to be talked to. Um, so I would say that's that's the thing for sure. So you have another 1,000-yard season within your reach. It's not unusual for you, but you realize no yeah, I heard. I heard. Should have happened the last 50 years. you? It is kind of surprising a little bit, but um, at the same time, it's not. You know, um, you know, things happen throughout the course of the season. You know, obviously there have been a lot of guys, you know, who played here who. Definitely, without a shadow of a doubt, has had the ability to, you know, go back to back thousand yard seasons. But you know, uh, extenuating circumstances happen. You know, guys get injured um, and whatnot. So you know, it's definitely something I don't take for granted. Um, just to come out here every day and be able to grind, be able to, um, you know, be consistent uh, for my teammates and for the group. We've asked you a lot about quarterbacks this year, especially with Jay coming in here. Um, but it, it, it just it feels like on the outside looking in that he's, I don't know, added an unquantifiable element to the locker room outside of just the physical ability that he brings. Um, mm -hmm. Can you sense that? And can you, I guess, articulate that? It, it, as far as you know, those intangibles. Yeah. That, you know, he's injected into this locker room. Yeah. No. One hundred percent. I think the best way to probably describe it is uh, he's like a faith multiplier. Um, it's like when he came, when he came in, guys was like, it's like a you know weight lifted off of our shoulders. Like you know, this is the guy. You know, we trust in him. You know, for whatever reason. You know, because a lot of guys. You know. They know of Joe, but they haven't seen him play every game. It's just, you know, his credentials, you know, Super Bowl winner, you know, consistent quarterback, um, you know, throws a great ball, uh, has a great understanding of the game. Um, so, yeah, that, I think that's what uh, draws everybody to him. Chance this weekend to clinch a playoff berth. Given everything this team's been through this year, injury-wise and otherwise, just how much of a relief yeah, obviously, you know, making the playoffs, that's pretty much the first goal of every team, just to be able to get there. You know, you worry about the gravy, so to speak, um, after you actually make the playoffs. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it'll, it'll be a great feeling. Um, and then we will just go from there. Sure. Mark, when you talk about the back-to-back thousand-yard receipt, you know, with the Browns, um, you've had a bunch of your career. So how important is that, is consistency to you that you're doing it year in, year out? Yeah, it's, it's very important. You know, like I said before, you know, just to be consistent, uh, just to be reliable, um, just to be available. Uh, it means a lot to me, you know, um, you know, being able to play through whatever circumstance and still be able to, you know, do my job. It, it definitely means a lot. Um, that I'm able to do that and help the team. So has the arrival of Clark O'Connor invigorated you as a recipient of some of those team in the strike? Uh, yeah, I would be lying if I said it didn't. Uh, because he throws such an easy ball to catch. Um, so yeah, I mean, receivers, you know, if you ask any receiver, they love a, a very catchable ball. Is it the accuracy or the tight spot? Obviously it's the accuracy, but uh, it's, not necessarily a tight spiral. I would more say, more so say, velocity and trajectory of the ball. You know, uh, 
the ball has a little less velocity, but because he's on time with the throw, it doesn't fit. It's not a late throw. It's still on time, but it's just easy to catch. Uh, you know, receivers, even though they shouldn't, we all like to think about the yards after the catch. And sometimes we neglect actually the catch point. That's how a lot of receivers drop balls. But, you know, it seems like, you know, with a quarterback like Joe, you can kind of get away with that because you don't really have to think about catching the ball because it's such an easy grab. Yeah. Did that uh, the last touchdown one. one come in for the last No, so it might have looked like it. Uh, but it, that's the thing. Even, even his straight line balls, you know, they don't come in with a lot of velocity, uh, but they're on time. Uh, so it was an easy grab. All-Pro guard Joel Batonio was next. He talked about how his back injury is feeling and if he thinks he's going to be able to get out on the practice field this week. Have you been able to practice without pain? Um, I have not practiced this week yet. Um, so we're still working through that. I did just get done doing a little run um, out there. And uh, we're progressing really well, you know. So we'll see how it goes tomorrow. But... Um, you know, from where I was Sunday, Monday, to where I am now, it's it's been a positive, um, and we'll kind of take it one day at a time. Joel, scale one to ten compared to how you're feeling Sunday, to where you feel now, like how would you compare? Yeah, the scale things are hard for me, um, but a lot better. You know, I always weird when you go to the doctor and like, what level of pain are you in? And I'm like, is a ten like getting cut in half, or is a ten, you know, how I feel right now? Um, but, no, I, I do feel a lot better. I mean, Monday morning was very difficult for me to get out of bed and make it, you know, um, just those those backs you never know. But I, I'm feeling a lot better now, and hopefully that continues to progress. Um, I have not seen an acupuncturist. I have there, – there's some other things that we do, but I have not seen an acupuncturist. Is this something you've been playing with and through, or is it just something that popped up on you? Uh, it popped up. It hasn't bothered me this year. Um, I have in the past had some – you play football in the NFL for a decade. You have some back issues, you know. But um, not this year. I haven't dealt with it. It kind of just popped up Sunday, honestly. And so that's one of those ones that, you know, you try and play through an ankle or a shoulder or a knee. But when you can't really get in your stance, it's hard to go out there and go out there and play. Um, yeah, we won't get into a bit of the nitty gritty, but, um, but yeah, we're, we're, we're feeling a lot better. And, um, to me personally, you know, I, I think it's more muscle spasm issues and, and hopefully you can correct those as, as the week goes on. Yeah, um, it is it is something you think about, but for us, every game is really a playoff game for us. We're trying to, to win as many as we can. So for me, if I if I can play, I'm gonna I'm gonna be out there and, and trying to help the team. But that's something that you know the training staff and the coaching staff can, can think about. But for us, I think if you're healthy and, and you can you can help the team, um, and you're not gonna truly truly damage yourself. I think I think most guys want to be out there. Um, I don't think so. I think what I was doing was, like, at least for me, when my back locks up, like lifting my legs and moving my legs helps try and loosen it up. So I was trying to get some movement back in there and just trying to feel where I was at. But um, so from that perspective, there wasn't any like correlation. I don't think. I don't know how he did. Like, if you tried to pick his brain about how he's able to get through that. Um, I haven't talked to him yet, but I do remember him telling me about that early in my career. He texted me the other day about my beard, said it was looking good, so maybe I can correlate that into like a question about his back, you know what I mean? So, uh, but no, I, I do remember him talking about that, and um, like we said, backs, you know, it's one of those ones that are, you never truly know how it's, how it's going to react. I guess I mean, for you, as, because you take so much pride in being out there every single at, at what point did you, like, how hard was it for you to actually just take a knee there and say, hey, I need somebody to cover that? Yeah, um, when I realized, like, they called the play, and I was like, I'm going to have to pull on this play to the outside, and I was like, I don't even think I can get in my stance right now. And so at that point, I was like, I, 
I'm going to hurt the team by being out here. And I mean, I might not even be able to get out of my stance. So that was that was kind of the moment I was like, all right, I, I have a lot of faith in Dunn. He, he does a lot of work for us, and um, he's going to go out there and compete and, and be ready to go. We'll see what I can do on the sideline if, if it's going to loosen up at all. But but I knew Dunn. I had told Dunn, you know, because it kind of happened in pregame a little bit. Um, I, had, I had told Dunn, like, to be ready, and he was he was ready, like always, to, to come in and battle. Did you, like, you were frozen? Like, did you have to tell Darren to, hey, let's stop this fight? Well, Jaron was kind of the one. He's like, Joel, like, if you can't go, you know, take a knee. And so, and then I was just like, all right, I'm, I'm going to do that. But, yeah, I mean, if you have back stuff, when it locks up, it locks up pretty good. So, is it hard to believe that uh, Wyatt Turner was the only uh, original starting offensive line that's still standing at the end of that game? Yeah, it, it's something you don't want to happen. Um, but Wyatt's been, Wyatt's been strong for us this year. You know, he's – He's been the guy that's that's been out there for us, and and you, we've had far too many injuries. You know, it's one of those unlucky stats for us. But looking back at the game, when you have one starter left, it's usually not good. But those guys fought. The guys that come in for for us and have been starting, James, Jerron, um, you know, Dunny, Nick Harris, like those guys are ready to battle too, and and they've done such a good job. But but why it's really, you know, he was the last one out there, so he's kind of last man standing. Yeah, they're playing really well. Um, I think their front four is kind of the strength of their their team, and they rotate. Against. They're kind of similar to us. Like they let the front four go. They're athletic. They're they're powerful guys. They rush the passer well, and it kind of lets um, their back end you know play a little bit more aggressively and stuff. But but they do a good job. Um, it's kind of the same cut as like the San Fran defense. You know, four down. Um, get up the field, but I, I think it starts. I think all four of their starting guys have at least five sacks, a bunch of pressures, um, and they and they make things happen. And, and they're not just pass rushers because they've done a pretty good job against the run as well. You know, when you look at the run game, I know you weren't in there, but like, just how hard, how much can you attribute the struggles to four guys that haven't played much? Yet? It's part of it for sure. Um, you know, you want to have your five guys out there. You want to have Nick Chubb out there, but but. Um, it's the details. Like, coaches stress the details this week, and, and you watch the film, and it's like one guy here or one guy there where, where it's like, man, that could have been a big hit. That could have been a big hit. You know, we had we had just a little miscommunication, and I think that does come with playing with each other and understanding the communication. Um, but we see the opportunities there. The opportunities are still there, and if teams want to try and stop the run, then I, I think we have Joe Flacco and those guys ready to, to pass them off if we need to. Joel, how weird is it with this? Like this little stretch here, you got Christmas Senior game, then you got three days later, you got the Christmas holiday between. And you kind of just hoping to just focus on this, and then after that, you can kind of take a breather. Yeah, it's uh, it's kind of one of the. I mean, Thursday late in the season is tough to turn around anyway, and then it's Christmas week, um, so it's a little bit different. We're really focused on Houston right now, and then we know we got to come in and work, you know, the Christmas and in the next few days. But um, it's kind of like that whenever this week started, that 10-day stretch, and, and get through that and see where we're at and, and kind of refocus from there. It is more business trip. You know, we played at Green Bay on Christmas. Um, I think Christmas Eve this year, obviously. I, the hardest part is the kids. Like, my kids, you know, I want to be there with them on Christmas Eve. But uh, hopefully I get home and I can, you know, see him Christmas morning, but I think the team will be focused, you know, on the game, and, and we understand it's our job to, to play football. We're blessed to play football, so uh, we're not complaining about it, but um, there's gives and takes, you know. If you're home, you're kind of with your family a little more. I think of New Orleans coming in last year and winning, and Yeah, I think there's something to that. You know, guys are focused on the trip, and, and there's possibly less distractions when you travel. Um, you know, it's, it's part of the game, though. But, yeah, it, it, it's something. Hopefully, you know, we can be a team that gets a win this week and, and head home, you know, on Christmas Eve. Wrapping up the day in the podium was Browns Pro Bowl cornerback Denzel Ward. He talked about if he thinks people are underrating this Browns team and how his shoulder injury felt after the game on Sunday. Hey, Denzel, it said you, were a full, you would have been a full participant yesterday. today, but... Like, is his shoulder back to being 100%? It's getting there, yeah. It's, it's getting there. Feeling good, so, yeah, I'm good. Did you feel any limitations in that Chicago? Um, it was fine. It was all right. Like I said, it's getting better. I'm out there playing with my guys. I'm just I'm just glad to be back, glad to be out there and uh, trying to get a win each week. Yeah. Yesterday, you talked about how you felt 
draft, maybe still feeling like you guys as, as a cornerback unit, maybe don't get all the, the credit you deserve. I guess you feel that way too. You guys are maybe still underrated a little bit as a group. Yeah, I, I definitely feel that uh, we're underrated, but I mean, I feel if you look at the numbers and, and the stats, numbers don't lie. You see that uh, we're we're top in the league at a lot of a lot of stats and a lot of things uh, in man to man and uh, just coverage wise. So. I think we're definitely underrated, but I mean, we're just going out there to keep being the best we can for our team to help us uh, get a win each week. As, as, you, as you watch the, sorry, as you watch the team back on the Hail Mary at the end of the game, they mm -hmm. sure in real time a little more nerve wracking. Just how did you guys kind of respond and react the second time around, having to kind of relive that? Oh man, it, it, that was the longest play ever. So I was just glad that ball. Seen uh, B. Bill end up picking that ball off, and uh, we got the win. So. It was a long play. Everybody did a good job of executing their assignment. Uh, there's little things that we could do better to uh, not even let it get to in the hands of, of the guy. But uh, guys did good in, in uh, making a play and uh, getting a win. So you were here with Case Keenum for a couple of years. Mm -hmm. It looks like he's going to start for them. So like, how does it help that you have that familiarity and just what stands out about him as a quarterback? Yeah, definitely. I'm definitely familiar with Case and uh, how he likes to play. So I think that's a plus in going into the game. And uh, but he's a good quarterback, able to uh, get the ball to his guys and uh, make the throws needed and uh, get an offense moving. Defensively, just in the numbers back it up, you just seem to play much, much better at home mm -hmm. than on the road. So the fact that you got to finish two or three on the road, mm -hmm. if you do make the playoffs, you're probably going to have to play on the road. Yep. How do you guys turn this around on the road so that you play like you do at home? Yeah, that, that's a challenge for us this week. Uh, we know that uh, that we definitely have played better at home, but that's the challenge we were willing to take on this week and, and trying to find a way to get a win on the road. And uh, I think we were able to do that and go out there and execute that. Just got to start fast and uh, finish. Do you have any idea why there's such a disparity there? Like when, you, when you're in the meeting rooms and you jam your position coaches and you're breaking down film as the way, are there things that you're seeing in those games that you can tangibly say, hey, we need to fix this, this, and this? Or is it just more of an attitude and approach? Yeah, I think it could be a number of things, but I think one of the biggest things is we got to start fast. Start fast and then uh, finish the games. Denzel, back to about Keenum. His arm strength compared to CJ Stroud is how the stiffest. Think and dump. So do you guys play tighter with him? Oh, uh, we're just going right. Uh, regardless of who's going to be a quarterback, um, we're going to do what we do, whether that's man, whether that's zone. Um, yeah, it, it doesn't matter who's back there at quarterback. We're going to do what we do. Denzel, some of these, you know, grading sites that are out there. I know sometimes it's arbitrary, but you guys are graded out as you know, like the top five corners in the game. Mm -hmm. Greg and uh, MJ, just how much pride do you guys take in? Yeah, I think we take a lot of pride in it. I mean, since the beginning of the season, you got you've been hearing us talk about how we want to be the best in the world, and uh, I think we've been consistent in showing that that uh, we're the best corners out there and the best defense out there, and uh, we're just trying to continue to show that, continue to uh, execute plays out there, and uh, lock our guys down and make plays for this team and find a way to get a win. So we take a lot of pride in it. To answer your question. Sounded like yesterday, Nico Collins was back for them. Mm -hmm. Receiver that big that has as many yards as he does this year. The kind of challenge that does what does it you know do for their passing game? Mm -hmm. You guys kind of have to be aware of. Yeah, that's a big plus for their passing game. He's a big receiver, uh, capable of making the catches. So that's a plus for them. And um, so I think we're up for the challenge and uh, looking forward to the matchup. What's up? Oh, sorry. How cool is it to be in whatever almost Christmas and? Know that the playoffs are possible. Know that these are all big games you're playing. And mm -hmm. You could even clinch it this weekend. Yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty cool. I mean, that, that's the goal in making it to the playoffs and, and getting to that next level. But um, I think the focus has always been on the on the week at hand. So got to focus on next week, find a way to get a win, and everything at the end of the year take care of itself if we keep uh, doing what we're supposed to do. There's been you know, so many injuries this year. Yourself bouncing mm -hmm. in and out of lineups, you know, two starting safeties, whatever. Yeah. Why has the... Because a lot of players talk about you guys don't change what you do, mm -hmm. regardless of who's on the field. You stick with the scheme. And, and Why has that been so effective? Because mm -hmm. obviously, it's you know different players. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. 
So why has that been so effective and really worked so well for you guys, mm -hmm. despite you know guys bouncing in and out of the lineup? Yeah, I think it's a testament one to um, AB and those guys and and getting the right guys in here, able to just plug in and play and and uh, execute their assignment and. Uh, Coach Schwartz and just the scheme he has in place and then the guys that's, that's here I mean guys are able to come in and play regardless of who's in there uh, The goal is for um, level of play not to drop who's ever in there So uh, we take a lot of pride in that and um, guys have been doing that going out there making plays regardless of who's in and uh, we're going to continue to do that and, uh, regarding the shoulder injury, just How do you balance Wanting to come back and play and mm -hmm. help this team kind of get to that finish line of coaching the playoff road while also trying not to play it too early or too soon. Mm -hmm. There might be uh, more damage that could be prolonged. Yeah, yeah. Uh, these guys have been doing a great job of uh, kind of holding me back a little bit. So, I mean, as you seen last week, I kind of got some plays and then they took me out a little bit. So, um, I mean, I, I'm just trying to do as much as I can for this team uh, to help them get a win and, and, and do my part. So, I mean, when I'm out there, I'm going as hard as I can. And then, I mean, at the end of the year, take care of itself. So just trying to stay out there for my guys and uh, make plays. That'll wrap us up today on From the Podium. You can like and subscribe today to From the Podium wherever you get your podcasts to find more episodes. Also, be sure to check out the Browns on social media. Check them out at YouTube.com slash Browns. And check out the Cleveland Browns mobile app. That's where you're going to get all the latest news as the Browns continue their preparations for the 8 and 6 Houston Texans. I'm Jake Valencic, and thanks for listening to the Browns from the Podium Podcast.